It don't matter. I finally got it on. All right, can you hear me now? Hello, Tokyo. Thank God it don't matter. If mama don't go, you better go anyhow. Amen. They're going without their mammy. They're going without their daddy. They're going without their papa and their mamma. Brother, that crowd had rebelled. They had murmured against God. They didn't want what God had. But this younger generation, they some of you in here tonight, you know what it is. Have to walk on without your parents. Have to walk on without your grandparents. I'll just go ahead. Don't let it get you discouraged. And stay with God and go whether your parents get to go or not. Amen. Here they are. Man, they're going to Canaan without their parents. When the smoke of the wilderness experience was finally cleared, a newer, younger generation, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, were standing on the edge of the Jordan River ready to cross over. But before they got there, amen, they had some unfinished business to take care of. And one of the few things that had to be taken care of was to avenge themselves of the Midianites, where Balaam taught Balak to be a stumbling block to Israel to cause them to sin with idolatry in fornication. Uh, neighbor, here's what happened. Uh, Balaam tried to curse the people of God. And so I got mixed emotions about Balaam. Uh, amen. He's a devil. He's in it for the money. He told that crowd, said, if you give me a house full of silver and gold, I cannot curse what God's blessed. Uh, you know what that egg sucker did right there? He named his price. Uh, he said, give me a house full of silver and full of gold. Uh, amen. He tried to curse them, but God wouldn't let him do it. Uh, so you know what old Balaam did? He said, I know Israel well enough. Uh, if you put them women out there in front of them, you put them false gods out there in front of them, they'll give in to false worship and they'll give in to adultery and they'll give in to fornication and there'll be a stumbling block and God said, we're gonna deal with that before you go home, Moses. But there's a simple math equation that we have got to take note of before we carry on in the message. He said, get a thousand out of every tribe. Is that right? Is that what he said? Pay close attention to your Bible. They've got a thousand out of every tribe. That is 12,000, right? Verse six, the Bible said, Moses sent them to the war, a thousand of every tribe and Phineas. If they've already got a thousand out of every tribe, now they've got an Anphineas. How many does that make? That makes 12,000 and one, good neighbor. And tonight, I want to preach on this subject. Are you the one? Amen. Thank God there's something different about Phineas. Brother, there's two Phineases in the Bible. There's a good one and there's a bad one. And tonight we study the good one. And I ask you, not part of that 12,000, but that one that's called out, that one that was separated, that one had to be the only one on the battlefield doing what he's going to be doing that day. Are you the one? Whether you're a boy, whether you're a girl, whether you're a deacon's kid or a preacher's kid, preacher's kid, are you the one? Well, Brother Morgan, you don't know my, I don't. I ain't asked you about your past. I just asked you tonight, are you the one? It's about high time in our Baptist churches. We got some people getting back to good old-fashioned surrender, good old-fashioned submission, good old-fashioned being spirit-filled, good old-fashioned giving it all to God. Four simple little truths I'd like to magnify to you tonight. Number one, now you'll find out that Phineas was very different. He stood out and above and beyond the rest of the people that were on that battlefield that day. Amen, verse 
verses 7 through 8, he was different in the fact that he had some courage. In chapter 25, 7 through 8, well, Cosby and Zimri, I don't know if you remember their names, but they were, they were, they were wicked. I believe it was Zimri was an Israelite man that went out and got one of them Midianitish women, came into the camp of God, and you know what Phineas did? He got a spear and he ran it through both of them and he killed them graveyard dead. He wasn't scared to get rid of that. What was going to bring the curse of God on them? He had some courage. And God give us some people that are jealous. He's been chosen because he's got zeal. We've heard preachers preach against zeal so much. Amen. That we're scared to have zeal anymore. We're to be zealous for God and zealous for his house and zealous against sin. I tell you it's about high time. We got back on fire for God and let the zeal of Almighty God burn in our hearts. We need jealous preachers and jealous Sunday school teachers and jealous song leaders. We need zeal. Amen to God right there. Somebody get fired up. You ought to be like them foxes. Uh, Samson caught them and tied them tail to tail. And you know what he did? He set their tails on fire. Amen. And I submit to you tonight, it's about time we got our tails on fire for the glory of God and lit a fire in Landrum, lit a fire in South Carolina, lit a fire in North Carolina, and lit a fire on the job. Amen. But the fire of God could burn for the glory of God. Amen. He had some courage, buddy. He was bold. He wasn't proud or cocky about it. Amen. And not only because he killed those two people, but he had some courage because he's fixing to go into war and he ain't going to take a shield and he ain't going to take a sword. Amen. And we'll learn here in a minute what he really looked like when he got out there. You know what he's doing? He's a trusting God. He's trusting God to take his, have his back. He's trusting God to protect him. He's trusting those other men to protect him. Neighbor, we can't do this thing alone. We've got to have each other. We've got to have God. Amen. He's different in the fact that he's got courage and his courage has caused him to trust God. He was was different not only because he has courage, but he's different because he's called out. This old fella wasn't mama called and daddy sent. Can I get an amen right there? Amen to God. Yes, his daddy was a priest. But his daddy didn't go to Moses and say, Moses, have you noticed how good my boy's doing here lately? His, his mama didn't go to Moses and say, Moses, did you know, have you noticed Phineas lately? How good he's doing? Absolutely not. You know what God did? He didn't ask mama what she thought. He didn't ask daddy what he thought. He went straight to Moses. You said you get Phineas and you get him out there to do the work of God. He was called out. I'm glad, thank God for the call of God. Amen. This ain't something you just figure out that's one day you want to do. One day you want to be a preacher. One day you want to be a part. Amen. There's a call. And when God calls a man, he'll give him a message. He'll give him direction. He'll give him a burden. He'll have no walk with God. I'm telling you, he is called out by God. Amen. Phineas never promoted himself. God bypassed everybody else that day to pick Phineas to do one specific job. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God's called us out. 
Amen. And for tonight, I am the only evangelist standing in this pulpit. Amen. God's called you out. We may have the same positions in other places, but Brother Shane, you're the only one pastor in this church. Ain't nobody else on planet Earth doing it. You've been called out for a specific place and a specific people and a specific burden and for the will of God. God knows what he's doing when he puts you here. He knows what he's doing when he put me in evangelism. He knows what he's doing when he puts you with your wife and with your husband. He knowed what he was doing. So when God calls us out, if he says to go to the mission field, that good neighbor, he knows best. If he says to go and give somebody a track, then he knows best. He was called out to be a specific person doing a specific job. He was different in the fact he was called out. That third letter night, he was different in the fact in what he was carrying. <laughs> Don't get too excited right there. Amen. That's right. He was carrying. What was he carrying? He was carrying the holy instruments. He said, Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, to war with the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. His body was wholly given to God. He had two things that he had to deal with. First of all, he had to deal with his mouth. Did you know that Phineas' name means a mouth of brass? And then the word brass in your Bible has always been a picture of judgment and Phineas didn't care to call it like it is. Don't get mad when the preacher gets up preaching against your sin and you feel like he's got a mouth of brass. Has anybody ever came to you and said, Brother Shane, ain't you got nothing good to say? Don't you realize there's a positive side? Absolutely, there's a positive side of serving God. But there's a negative side as well. And if we don't deal with the negative, then the positive ain't gonna have no effect. Thank God, here's a mouth of brass and Phineas had to blow the trumpet. He had the trumpets and the holy instruments. Now them trumpets are like this. Them trumpets was for blowing. They wasn't just for looking at. They wasn't an ornament you'd hang on your Christmas tree. They wasn't something just to put up on your mantle. They was to be used. Now these trumpets were represent several different things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you how important that the trumpets are in the Bible. There's going to be one use when the bride gets raptured out of here. When Jesus comes to get us again. Those that have been saved and have got spiritual ears. We're going to hear two things. We're going to hear a shout that says come up hither. And we're going to hear a trumpet blow up. Calling the church of the living God home. I'm glad, thank God, that God saves. And when He saves, He puts in us Holy Ghost ears that we can hear it. Now, if you're lost, you don't have those spiritual ears. And you will not hear the shout, nor will you hear the trumpet when the church leaves out of here. And you're going to pull up in here one Sunday morning to the Lander Independent Baptist Church and your preacher's going to be gone and most of the people's going to be gone and sad to say there's going to be a handful of you faithful few even here the core of what we call the church. Amen. You're going to walk in here wondering where in the world everybody's at. Amen. The Bible said we're going to be sent strong delusion. You'll believe a lie. You'll be damned. Amen. I heard one fellow say, a charismatic preacher told me one time, he said, I'm staying here during the rapture. I said, how come? 
come. He said, God told me I was going to train the 144,000, the right word to preach. I said, neighbor, they've already got that. If you're going to stay here for part of it, you might as well plan on staying for all of it. And I don't know where y'all are at, but I'm not a mid-tribber, all right? Never have been, and I never will be. And some of these people that's leaning toward that mid-trib jock, if you're going to stay for the first part, don't pack your bags, honey. He ain't coming after you. Thank God I'm leaving out of here like Superman and coming back like a long ranger. Blessed be the name of God for the trumpet. One day we'll leave this lowland of sorrow. We'll say goodbye at every heartache, every funeral home. We'll say goodbye to it all. And it will be over. I got, I got a lot of questions, don't you? But I got a feeling, every question I got, when I see him, they're going to grow wings and fly away. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah to God. So, well, that's a good rabbit to run. But let me get back. The trumpet in our text. These trumpets are for several things, but for three main things. And one, one main thing in particular, and that's to give direction. Amen. I mean, that was a way of communicating. That was God's intercom system. Up without a voice, it was a trumpet. Amen. And these trumpets were given to direct in war. And so as Phineas was out there, everybody's looking to him. Everybody's listening for him. If they needed to go left, he'd blow the left signal. If they needed to go right, he'd blow the right signal. Amen. If they needed to go straight, he'd blow the straight signal. But if they needed to retreat, you wasn't hearing nothing because that wasn't in the songbook. Ain't turning back. We've come too far. And a turn back now. Dear God, I could run up from here to Goobertown, Arkansas. In fact, I'm telling you, I'm glad that we've got a God that'll charge us and stay on the fire line and walk with God and don't quit. Thank God it'll be worth it when we get there. It's blowing for war. It was blowing for walking. Direct them as they travel. But then I like that. I think this is my favorite. They blowed them for the worship. <laughs> I wish somebody could get a trumpet and blow it in here tonight. Amen. Great God, it is the will of God for us to worship. But Brother John, we shout and we run and we testify every time we come to church. Glory to God, I'm glad you do. So you know what you need to do come Wednesday night? You need to come in here and shout, testify, and worship God. Amen, and that ain't gonna be enough. You're gonna need to come back next Sunday morning and next Sunday night and every time y'all meet together. And you know what you need to do, somebody? that needs to blow the trumpet and say, you know what? He's worthy to be praised. He's altogether lovely. He lifted me out of a miry clay or to be in hell with my back broke. But one day Jesus passed by one night on my knees, dear neighbor. Thank God I cried out to Jesus and he met me there. It ain't been the same since. Don't want to be the same. Thank God it's different. Coming up this December the 31st, by the way, Brother Michael will be my 26th birthday in the Lord. 26 years ago, coming up in about three weeks. Hey, man, mark the... Wonderful occasion when I met Jesus by the grace of God. The, the word of God pricked my heart. 
the Holy Ghost, the, the men of God by faith took me to Calvary, sung me out over a hell, and the Holy Ghost led me and introduced me to the best friend I've ever had, and his name is Jesus. And I feel like getting another gear tonight. You want to know why? Because one day the trumpet blew in my heart. Thank God I heard from a lamb that was fairer than me. I feel like preaching a little while up here. Thank God I'm telling you, somebody blow the trumpet with shouting for them charismatics ever came out. With shouting for the tongue flappers that was ever born that burnt out of the pits of hell. I'm glad for good old fashioned that group of Baptists that know the value of the blood and know what it is how to be saved and redeemed. We ought to be a worshiping God. Well, let's move on. Thank God is different in his carrying them trumpets but in his carrying the holy instruments. Now, I, I ask you, please, in Jesus' name, take your King James Bible. Somebody, I've ransacked it. I've read every commentary I can find. Somebody tell me what them instruments were. If you find it, I want to know it because I can't find out what they were. The Bible don't say what they was. I don't know what it was. Have no clue what it was. But I could give you one thing I know about those instruments. They were holy. So really tonight, it don't matter what it was he was carrying. The fact of the matter is this. Whatever it was, it was holy. How many of you has got a good old-fashioned King James Bible sitting in your lap right now? Can I just remind you how holy that book is? It ain't an NIV. I went to the doctor the other day and had a blood test. I came out NIV negative and KJB positive. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank God, yes. Amen. It's a holy Bible. You got a testimony, it's holy. You got salvation in your heart, it's holy. Anything that God would give us to carry, a good neighbor, it's holy. How the Bible said, be ye holy, for I am holy. How many members of the Lander Independent Baptist Church are in attendance? You are at your name is on the roll of this church. Would you lift your hand? The fact your name's on that roll is a holy thing. You just well say amen right there. So when we're out in the world, we need to be reminded we represent a holy God with a holy church, with a holy Bible, and our testimony ought to be holy. How many people are going to die without God because we wasn't living holy? How many people going to go to hell because we didn't show them Jesus? How many people out in the world think we're one thing and then when we come in these doors, everybody else thinks we're something else? God help all of us. Amen. What he was carrying was holy. He was different than what he was carrying. Now, this is a word I always get in trouble, but that's fine. He was different in his clothing. He wasn't dressed like nobody else out there on that day. <laughs> You'd probably somebody made fun of him. So what are you doing out here, Phineas? Where's your sword? Where's your shield? Those clothes you are wearing, they are not for the battlefield. Oh, but I can hear Phineas. Oh, I beg to differ, good neighbor. I'm dressing just exactly like God told me to dress. 
And if you would have looked at that crowd that day, 12,001, there was 12,000 of them dressed to go to battle. But there was one out there, he looked like he's fixing to go into the Holy of Holies. Walk up into the temple of God. He was dressed like a priest is what I'm trying to say. He was different in his clothing. And I could take a time and art to tonight on preach how we're supposed to be different in the way we dress. Women's supposed to look like women and men's supposed to look like men. Thank God. And if that kind of preaching bothers you, then you ought to get right with God. But I ain't gonna labor that tonight. On the inside, we're clothed with salvation. We're clothed with humility. We're clothed with the Spirit of God. And what we were testifies to who we are. If any as you're gonna get your church clothes dirty. No, I'm not. And if I do, that's what to make joy. Ultra joy. I like that joy dish detergent, don't you? Yeah. And when we pull the old tin out and we wash the tin, I buy the ultra joy soap. Why? Because I want it goes on up underneath that tent to have ultra joy. Can I get an amen right there? Boy, I just got me another gear. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah to God. Uh, neighbor, I'm telling you, this old boy is different. Hey, does anybody in here tonight, or do you, you want to fit in with the world? You want to look like them? You want to act like them? You want to smell like them? I'm going to tell you what the problem is with the modern day church. Where's the world? And the world, it's a church. You can't hardly tell the difference anymore. I'll tell you that church or to look different and the people or to look different thank God we're peculiar we're different we're called out and we're to live like it and look like it for the glory of God uh, well I got I'm going to preach a, a part of another message briefly I'm going to run a rabbit do you know what the problem is in most of our Baptist churches anymore Bud Jackson is we got a group of people, me and you, we was born in Philadelphia. And I ain't leaving. But we got too many of these church, we got too many of these church kids. The mom and daddy was born in Philadelphia. They was born in Philadelphia. But somewhere along the way, mom and daddy decided they wanted to live in Laodicea. And we got good old fashioned Baptists that know what the Philadelphia life is. And they also know what it is to leave Philadelphia and go back to Laodicea. Hey, man, I tell you, we ought not rest until we get Jesus in our sight. We ought not rest until we're living in Philadelphia. Don't get satisfied with the wilderness. Don't get satisfied in Egypt. Get your eyes on Canaan. Hey, man, and one day you'll cross the river and you can sing that old song. I'm living in Canaan now. Praise God. Thank God I like this Canaan land living, don't you? But before they could get there, they had to deal with some business. He was different. He was different, number two tonight. He knew how to handle death. Oh, Phineas. He knew how to handle it. I don't like death. But if I'm going to be around it, I want to handle it right, don't you? He, he, he knew how to handle death. Chapter 25, verse 15, you can study that later. The names of the two he killed are called. And Zimri and Cosby, both of them, had very important political dads in the nation at that time. Princes of their houses. Joe Phineas, he wasn't worried about being politically correct. He didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care if he was a Democrat. He'd call you a liberal. 
baby sodomite loving egg sucking liberal. Amen. He didn't care if you was a Republican. If you wasn't right with God, he'd call you the same thing. But old Zimri, he wasn't worried about, or if any has rather, he wasn't worried about being politically correct. And I'm not for being a jerk, and I'm not for being necessarily rude on purpose. The days of me preaching just to make somebody mad, I believe those days are gone for me. But neighbor, if you are going to get mad and walk out, don't let the doorknob hit you. Amen. On the backside on your way out, all right? I am so sick of a bunch of babies that you got to give them a pacifier and change their diapers. Why don't you grow up and get to where you take some preaching? Amen. Thank God, Jeff. And old Phineas, he didn't care what you thought about it. He didn't care what you said about it. You can run your mouth about it. Call him hard-nosed, hardcore. Call him narrow-minded. He was going to call it like it was. So what did he do? He killed. He handled the death of Zimri and Cosby, them fornicating, adulterating devils. Now it's interesting to study the names of the two that he killed that were fornicators. And, you know, we got a lot of Baptists that ought to really rejoice tonight that we're not living in the Old Testament economy. Because if you was a fornicator, you wouldn't be sitting on a pew tonight. You'd have a spear run through. You'd lay out there and a buzzard's eating your dead body. That's King James Bible. Amen. By the way, you ought to be a virgin from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet when you get married. Can I get a witness right there? But anyways. The Bible said Zimri. You know what his name means? You're going to like this. You're really going to like this. It means my music. Now watch this. You know what Cosby name meant? It meant my lie. Both of their names had one word in common and it was my. And from the definition of their names, we, have, we see how selfish they really were. They didn't care about nobody but themselves. Hey man, they didn't count. As long as they got what they wanted, as long as they got to listen to their music, as long as they got to do their fornicate, as long as they got to do their party, oh, they take a little dose of religion every once in a while. They'd show up at church every once in a while. They'd say the blessing over the food at, at a big supper. Oh, but oh, they didn't want to go all the way. And so you know what Phineas said? Phineas said, Zimri, I know your name means my music, and I don't care whether it's country music, or rock and roll music, or rap music, it's all trash and God's people ain't got no business listening to it. Hey, Phineas just didn't push the pause button. He just didn't push the eject button. He pushed the eject button. I took my CD out, rolled the window down, doing 95 miles an hour down the road and throwed the CD out and said, I'm not listening to your music anymore. You ain't allowed to sing to me. I don't want this contemporary mess. I don't want the devil's message. We're not listening to your music anymore. But then, old Zimra, or Cosby rather, her name mean my lie. You know what he said? She, oh, old Phineas. Old Phineas, what? No, you hush. Matter of fact, I'm going to shut you up forever. Kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to deal with this. He said, we're not listening to your lie anymore. Somebody, here, the, in the text, the lies of Zimri and Cosby would have been this. It's all right. They would have told you it was okay to fornicate. Oh, it's okay to smoke and drink a little bit. They would have told you, oh, it's all right if it's just marijuana. 
No, it's not all right. And these people are going to lie to you and try to deceive you. And some of you precious children have been raised up under a God-fearing, fire-breathing, backbone like a saw log man of God that loves you enough to tell you the truth. And if somebody walks through them back doors and said, that man of God's crazy, he's wrong, I ain't listening to him, you send that buzzer down the road kicking a can, this Bible's right. You might not like our style, you might not like me getting loud, you might not like us right and the spirit, but whether I'm saying it come, whether I'm saying it loud, the truth is the truth and it ought to be told. And the lies of the world ought not to be allowed in God's church. That's what Phineas said. You take your little NIV life and go on somewhere else. And one, one preacher said it like this, Brother Kerr. He said, he said, some of you carrying the King James Bible, living an NIV life, you ought to get right with God. I told one this one time. I said, you got a charismatic hairdo and Baptist on your sign. Something ain't right with that. And I wonder why they don't talk to me anymore after I tell them things like that. I mean, I'm a God. I did love him. I still love him. No use in having an old-time religion with a contemporary haircut. Say amen right there. We're not listening to your lies anymore. He had to deal with the death of Zimri and Cosby. He had to deal with the death of the Midianites. He had to deal with the death, 31 verse 8, of Balaam. Hey, Balaam! You're not going to stumble us anymore. We're dealing with you. Find out what the stumbling block is and get it out of the way. I got a good friend in the building, old brother Tony Pierce. Him and I, we've been friends for years. And I'm confident, brother Tony, if there's a stumbling block in my way, all I, and I couldn't get it moved by myself. If I called you up and said, hey, brother, I got something in my way and I need some help, it wouldn't surprise me one bit, even if it's in the middle of the night. You didn't go get one of your tractors and your low boy trailer. Go down there and get the biggest bulldozer you got. You'd come help me move that stumble block out of the way, wouldn't you? <laughs> Plow the stinking thing out of your life. Plow. Man, I keep falling over this and falling over this and falling. Well, walk another direction. Walk in God's direction. Well, it's dark. Turn the light of the gospel on it. Walk in light, not in darkness. Had to deal with the death of Balaam. All those kings. All of them. One of them, Zerah, was the daddy of Cosby. Now watch, this is, this is the most important death he had to deal with. He had to deal with the death of Moses. If that would have been most young preachers, Brother Jackson, most of them, you know, it's just, hey, don't worry about Moses. We ain't going to do nothing. He'll be dead and we can do what we want to. But you see, God wasn't going to let him die until that job was done. So instead of just pushing them on off in the grave, the time's come. I've done it. You've done it. We'll do it again. That our mentors are passing off the scene. And brother, anything we can and will be able to do to help the elder men of God make the crossing. Any man that God ever put in my life, I don't want to be there and be a, be a burr under his saddle when he's leaving out. I want to be able to meet him again in heaven. And I want him to be able to look at me and say, Brother John, thank you for being a blessing to me in my latter years. 
Help him, men of God. Help him! I made my mind up by the good grace of God years ago. I don't pastor. I preach tent revivals, church revivals, and camp meetings. I got one week a year. It's my responsibility to take care of one pulpit one week a year, and that's at the Mount Carmel Baptist camp meeting. I'll stand before Jesus for nine years of camp meeting. Lord's willing, Jesus don't come September 3rd, Sunday night in September. will be the 10th year, Brother Jackson. And I'll stand, and it's my responsibility, just as it's your responsibility, whoever stands in this pulpit, every message, every song, you're going to give an account for it at Jesus. And they wonder why we're so careful about what we do with our churches and who we let in and what we do with our meetings and who we let sing and who we let preach. We're judgment seat bound. And I ain't going to, and I, 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 and you help me pray and I'm going to pray for you. I don't want to ever have to stand up at the camp meeting. I don't want to ever have to hear about you standing up at this church saying, you know what? We better get back to the way we used to be. Mm-mm-mm. No, no. Because it's a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier to stay right than it is to compromise and go wrong and then have to go back to what you used to be. Stay with it. It ain't popular. Everybody ain't going to like it. Everybody ain't going to love it. Stay with it. But I made my mind up years ago. Well, you ain't putting the elder men of God on a shelf. If they get up and can't even remember their name, we're still going to preach them. We're going to give them good love offerings. We're going to take care of their wives. We're going to be good to this elder generation. And God is allowing Phineas to help carry out some of the last official acts of Moses. Amen. Moses couldn't go out there. Had to stay right where God wanted him. Somebody had to do it. Yes, sir. God give us some Phineas's that'll hold up the hands of a man of God. Amen. Amen. Yep, and he was, he was different. He handled death. Thirdly tonight, he was a part of tearing down the devil's strongholds. Here's your message you ought to study out, preacher. Verse 10 of 31, And they burnt all their cities wherein they dwelt, and all their goodly castles with fire. He was a part of tearing down and burning down the devil's stronghold. Tell you what, the devil will walk up in here and he'll build a fortress on one of these pews. He'll arm it. He'll 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 furnish it, and he'll even get one of you up there to guard it. And, and somebody comes near that stronghold that the devil's building the house of God, you'll fight him. But it's up to us to tear down them strongholds of the flesh and the strongholds of finances and the strongholds of females in in leadership and the strongholds of family-run churches and the strongholds of the flesh. Somebody say, "Man, right there." Oh, God, help us to keep God's church clean of these strongholds and tear them down and burn them down and charge them with the word of God. Lastly, and I'm done tonight. I'm done preaching. He was dedicated. I want you to study Phineas's name out in the Bible. The good Phineas. There was another Phineas. He was a priest's son too. Crooked as a dog's hind legs. But this Phineas, run the reference tonight when you get home. Show me one bad thing that was said about him. One. I can't find one negative word. Matter of fact, later on in his life, some of the brethren are fussing and fighting with each other, and you'll find Phineas. Whoa, wait a minute. We don't know. Stop. 
it was dedicated. Are you the one that's going to be dedicated? I am well aware. How long have you been preaching now? 24. Draw a circle. Me and you've got about 25 years. Almost 50 years of experience between the both of us. We had it to camp meeting. Between Brother Rains and Brother Whittemore, Brother Marion Atkinson and Brother James Jones, we had over 200 years of preaching experience in one service. And you know what every one of them said when, when they, while they was preaching? Pray for me. I want to finish right. I, I want to finish well. I am not saying this proud, but I am more aware tonight, I think, than I've ever been. My brother-in-law, Philip, and I, we were riding down the road yesterday and me and him got to talking about some preachers that had thrown their ministries away. I weep and I cry. I've laid up at night praying for them guys. But I think there's a phrase in the Bible that all of us need to remember. Consider thyself. That could be you. That could be me. I want my children to be able to grab a stack of my wore out Bibles when I'm about 95 years old. I pray for longevity of life. Whether I get it or not, I pray to God let me live long enough to see my children saved, married in the will of God, see all their children saved, married in the will of God. Let me see that third generation of great grands. Love to see them. I want to see them live for Jesus and walk with God. In order to do that, in order for you to do that, we're going to have to be dedicated. There ain't no place to turn around. There ain't no place to quit. You take all that human logic and all that human reasoning you got, and you find you 5,000 reasons to quit and walk out and never come back. But you won't find one in the Bible. You won't find one from God. We're standing all over the building, every head bowed, every eye closed. God spoke to you. You come. The pastor's going to come. Give the invitation. Heads bowed for eyes closed. I wonder what you need to pray about tonight. What preaching? Thank God. We're going to end up right, Brother Jerry. We're going to have to. We're going to have to stay dedicated. And that's not just when the sun's out and everything's going okay. That means when we're standing out in the crowd, looking different, acting different, talking different.